Welcome to the Prayer Works Podcast, where our mission is to pray and teach others to pray about relevant topics so that you can live a transformed life. Now, here's your host, Executive Director of the Prayer Institute, Nicole Bird. Hey everyone, Nicole Bird here. Welcome to the Prayer Works Podcast, where our mission is to pray, teach others to pray about relevant topics to help you live a transformed life. And listen, today I am so excited. This is episode 122, and I'm excited to have on the show with me two amazing kingdom partners. I have with me Veronica Patterson with the Orisco Group, and I have my my ride or die, Joseph Earl with In the Beginning Creative. And I'm just so glad to have y'all with me here today. Are y'all excited about what God is going to do? I'm excited. Listen, Veronica, I'm so glad to have you here with me. Veronica is going to bring, I believe Veronica is going to bring to the show um, the happenings from a a young professional vibe, right? A a young professional vibe and view. I think she's going to bring that um, to our podcast. And Joseph... Um, I know he here for it. I just know he's going to bring for us uh, insight to all things culture and hot topics. Right, right. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And so today's topic, you guys, is prayer and relationships, right? We're going to dive deep into how prayer, right, can shift and change the trajectory of your life as it relates to relationships. And so today, though... I thought we'd start our time together with a hot topic topic segment, all the people praying. And so, Joseph, you're going to lead us in that. What what do you have for us today? You know, I was um, looking at um, the news and something, it's two things that stood out to me. And, you know, Kanye and Kim Kardashian, you know, like. You know, everybody's saying that he's a stalker. You know, mm-hmm. they've been together, you know, since the 2000, I think like 11 or so they got together. They've been knowing each other since the early 2000s. And so what gets me is that, you know, he has a mental disorder, right? Mm. But he loves his kids. He does. And so the media is playing on the fact that, you know, he's stalking her, but is it really stalking her or is it a plight for help? Well, it's funny you say that because it probably could be both. When Mm -hmm. you've been with somebody for 20 years, over 20 years, like Mm -hmm. I'm sure he still loves her. I'm sure he wants the best for her. So it probably is a little bit of trying to check up on mama, but I really believe the heart of his current assignment is his kids. Marcus was literally just telling me about how there have been challenges with him being able to see his kids and he loves his kids, you Mm -hmm. know? So Mm -hmm. I personally feel like it could be a mixture of both, but I do think it's more heavily weighed on him wanting to still be a part of his children's lives. I'm with you. I think sometimes we... How do we separate or how do you go through the grief process of losing the love of your life? 
you know. So he lost his mom. Mm. Now he's losing another female that's in his life. Mm. So how do you deal with that? And then who he loves a lot is his kids, you know. And so being away from all of those components and how do you deal with that? Man, that's good. I was, I was, I'm looking at it a little different, mm. right? Okay. I'm looking at this thing a little different. I did my research okay. and I noticed that they, I don't, I'm not sure how long they were courting and dating in the beginning, but mm -hmm. I know that it says they got married in 2014. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the marriage is probably about seven years. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably about seven years in, but I saw that U.S. Magazine reported that, um, that their, let me see how they said that, that their worldview was no longer aligned. And when we talk about worldview, we're talking about their philosophy on life, how they see life, the lenses in which they see life. And so for me, the problem is in order for any relationship to be successful, we have to have common ground, not just on our worldview, but as a believer, as a, our biblical view, like what is the biblical view? And so how we view the world with a biblical foundation with Jesus being at the center of the relationship. And when Jesus is at the center, then that is our guide. This is how we navigate the challenges and the issues that we're having in our lives. So their struggle, I, I truly believe is more about not being equally yoked, hmm. right? And I know that's a churchy word. You hear relationships when they talk about relationships in in church, they talk about being equally yoked. And I kind of just want to pause for a little bit and teach on what this whole idea or concept, biblical concept of being equally yoked is. And it comes from being the same. So you think about in agriculture, there are two oxen. And in these two oxen, their assignment is to till the land, to till the farmland. And so they put these two yokes on, on their necks so that they could till the, the, the farmland. But if they're not on the same page, then the assignment cannot happen. And so I think that's what it is, is that these two people in a relationship or even in a working relationship, if the biblical worldview is not aligned, then it cannot work. And I think there's there has been several shifts with Kanye. I love Kanye. Yeah. I understand. I think we all have some some mental health, some in some form Amen. of fashion. Amen. His may be deeper than a lot of a lot of people. But I think Kanye, if you looked at the documentary, if you know about his upbringing and his teaching, he has a biblical foundation that I believe he decided that he wanted to try to thrive in. And being in entertainment and the world that they live in, the philosophy for his life and how he wants to live his life for his children shifted and changed. And now they're no longer in agreement. And what does the Bible say? How can two walk, walk together, together unless they agree? No, that's good. <laughs> I have a guilty pleasure. Uh, Love is Blind. Have y'all watched yes. Love is Blind? Oh, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. well, there's a couple that was on there this season where she was very strong Christian you know, believe, you know, it, strong in her faith, 
but she said yes to a proposal from an atheist. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And she basically was saying she was going to try to see if it could work. And in my mind, I'm like, sis, y'all don't even believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you even talking about equally yoked and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. They didn't even make it to the honeymoon because they basically send them on a honeymoon first and then they get married, but that's culture, right? right. <laughs> um, but they didn't even make it to the honeymoon. She realized very quickly that it wasn't working. It's no way. Think about you know a covenant relationship, right? You're getting an agreement with someone in a covenant relationship. We're not agree, yeah, in agreement that that we're gonna live our lives in such a way, and when that doesn't pan out. Uh, issues come up on how we're going to parent our children, where we're going to live, you know, where we're going to go to church. And all of those things, all of those decisions should arise from a place of a biblical foundation. And when we don't have that, we see we ourselves operating from a worldview. And in the, the Bible, uh, I mean, to cut you off, but the Bible clearly says we're in it, but we're not of it. Mm-hmm. We're in it, but we're not of it. And I think right. we can lose ourselves, especially in culture. I think what happens, I, I, I agree with Veronica, a lot of times what happens is we go on the honeymoon first, right? Mm. And so we enjoy the pleasures of the relationship, right? And and not sit down and build that solid foundation. Mm-hmm. We want we want we want all of what goes into it. And I think when you look at Kim and Kanye, they they did they did the reverse of things, right? And so they were together, they had Nora, they got engaged, they got married, had more kids, turbulence came because now we're not on the same page, right? Mm-hmm. And so then what we do, we go off and get someone else. Oh, and then we we want to live separate and then we realize, mm, I really kind of, no, I, I really like this. I really want my family. I really want this. This is what I really want. And then it becomes too late because we have done things out of order. Mm. And culture doesn't extend grace. Right. Culture doesn't really care about the grief process. Culture is what it is. You know, like people like to know what's going on with you. Kanye is one of the largest celebrities in the world, you know, like, and I think in this scenario, circling back to you mentioning the difference between like him grieving, him stalking, you know, some of the terminology that they're using, it just makes me think to center it, right, is to focus on God's plan, biblical foundational pieces but that's not culture so culture is going to focus on how can we make people want to dig into the gossip Mm want to dig into the bad parts of it but culture isn't going to extend grace no and I was just thinking when you said he's checking up on it I just believe Kanye is in the grieving process that probably both in the process of mm-hmm. grieving what was the relationship that they have. As I mentioned, it was a covenant. Um, they came together spiritually, mentally, emotionally, all of those things. And so when you think about when two come together, right, it says the two shall become one flesh. And then when you break that agreement, there's a cutting. 
And so I think his expression um, of what they are calling stalking is his expression of him grieving the loss of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to, to speak up on that. But I think, uh, Joseph, that was a that was a good topic. Yeah. Um, that was a good topic. What else do you have for us? You know, another another thing, I, you know, we talked about the whole culture and thing, mm-hmm. but let's go spiritual. You know, let's okay. let, let's talk about the saints now. Okay. So the saints, the saints can be something else. Now look at I was researching about Noel Jones, the bishop. No, he is the bishop. The bishop. He is. The I bishop. love Noel Jones. He is the I love Noel Jones. Bishop. And you know, people say, you know, that when I when I do preach and get the opportunity, they say it's kind of mimic Noel Jones. But anyway, but I <laughs> I still say you mimic Noel yeah, Jones. They, they like you love baby Noel Jones. Okay. So, but I I have I have followed Noel Jones since he was in a pastor in Texas. You know, okay. I've been. You know, when he was on the Jake circuits, you know, I, I, I've been Noel Jones fan. But when I woke up one morning and I saw the video where he proposed to Loretta, right? I was like, two decades of talking to somebody. And now you want to make, you know, now you want to come into a covenant relationship. Two decades? Two decades of talking. Now, Wait this, a minute, you saying talking. You mean they were dating? They were in a relationship, okay. you know, and they made the relationship public on Preachers of L.A. Oh, the, right? the reality show. The reality show. Okay. So that's when it kind of became public that they were together. Now, he said something that kind of, it, it didn't sit well with me, but, you know, I still love you, know, but it just kind of, he said, he says, I consider he said this. It says, "Should I give up my freedom coat for a straight jacket?" Wow! Now that was your statement before you actually proposed. That says a lot. A lot. It does. His view. There. You know, this the man of God's view on marriage is that's a powerful metaphor, but. Nikki, now I know, how long were you married? I was married 24 years. 24 years. I think I've been married for, um, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) And the only part, the reason I say that is because in my marriage, I'm constantly, constantly having to put aside what I want what I think is best because it's not about I. It mm-hmm. is now about, okay, now he has an I. Mm-hmm. Now where do we come in the middle? And more mm-hmm. often than not, just like scripture tells us, we have to die to our flesh daily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's We do it mm-hmm. in our marriages as well. And I know a straight jacket probably isn't the best term, but mm-hmm. when I hear that word, I hear confinement. I hear... You can't just restriction. You can't just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. adhere to. And the, the, the rule could be obviously the, the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. like biblically mm-hmm. what God tells us we are mm-hmm. to do in marriage. And that's not natural. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's not easy for me to just tell Marcus, okay, that's fine. No, it's not mm-hmm. easy. So 
I think the word is very heavy, mm-hmm. like the example that he used. But I honestly feel like I can relate to it. Do I feel like my marriage makes me feel like I'm losing my mind? or Not in that yeah. context, but in the context yeah. of restriction. Limitation. Limitation. Mm-hmm. Killing the flesh daily mm-hmm. and walking in alignment with my husband. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, you know. When two people decide to get together, and I'm speaking clearly from a biblical context, um, what's in view is purpose, right? What it, what's in view is us two coming together to do a kingdom project. And so it goes back to be that equally yoked. Like these are things that you are, you're trying to see, uh, do we match, like through our desires, hopefully your desires are desires of God, right? <laughs> Do they match um, with regards to assignment? But sometimes right? you don't figure that out until, so now me and Marcus both believe mm-hmm. we love the Lord. And I think, of course, the basics we agree on, but we are still to this day having conversation about why the Lord brought us together. Like what is his purpose for our relationship mm-hmm. in the earth? We're still trying to discover exactly, exactly what, what that is. is. Now we know we've been assigned to certain people and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but like what our mm-hmm. plight in the earth is, we don't know that yet, but we do agree biblically that the Lord is going to show us that he's going to, you know, give but that tw- to us. 20 years, over 20 years, you finding <laughs> that out. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I get it because well, how long was it's the just not in Noel the Jones. I'm just saying, how long was the people in the wilderness? Forty. <laughs> Lord, please don't know, let me be in the wilderness. Listen, forty. Forty years. But do you feel like, and and you, we don't know all the parameters, right, right? right? Because we're only going based upon what, what we what we hear, what we may know, what we think, mm-hmm. but we don't really know the intricate pieces mm-hmm, of, of course. it and they're not the only stars that believe like why do we need to get married mm-hmm. for what reason do we need to get married well i you think know? it's the trauma that mm-hmm. people experience um and know that he was married before, before. he was you married know. before it and then work mm-hmm. out and so i think trauma keeps people from trusting god in a new way mm-hmm. i think that trauma that you experience past experiences in that in past relationships keep people from really seeing what else God wants to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of reminded of the story of um, the changing of the guards, so to speak with King Saul and David in first Samuel chapter 16. Right. And we see God basically removing King Saul from rule over Israel. And then we see God giving the prophet Samuel instructions um, that he was going to anoint the new king. And the prophet is hesitant. Um, he be, He's mourning over the leader, right? He's like, um, you know, the Lord is like asking him, how long will you mourn over King Saul? And so in that, I find that our inability to heal holds us up from getting the blessing of God. Mm-hmm. Now that's major there. Mm. I just God was that. trying to give you a new king. He was done. And I, and so I think mm-hmm. what's on the table is why do we want to hold on to what we know God has rejected? What's that about? 
Because God clearly say it, says he's no longer going to be king. Even in relationships, you can know, do God will give you insight that the relationship is over. That's done with. And, 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 and God is calling you to move forward, but you feel like you're in a stuck place. You know what? Can I just be fleshy for a little bit? <laughs> a lot of times people don't, don't this serious. A lot of times you don't want to get over it because of the connection and how good the connection was. Now you might pick that up on, pick that up on 59, on 59 <laughs> out of 10, you know, but, um, I think a lot of times in our mindset, we're stuck in that, in that goodness mm. of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're so stuck in the goodness of that, that we don't, we don't want to let that go, even though we know there could potentially be something better, but we have yet to let go of this. It's just like, it's just like I have an ironing board. I have an iron right now. Right. And I need to get another one because it's a, it's, it's, it has a, a it, it, it shorts mm-hmm. and it, it goes in and it goes out. Hot and I, cold. It goes hot and cold. And you know, I can't keep, you know, I can't keep it hot. Right. So, Instead of me just going to Target, Walmart, or whatever, getting a new iron, I'm I'm steadily trying to fix it, trying to hold the cord at a certain direction to get the steam out. To mm. to make I want to make this work, mm. right? When in actuality, I need to let it go because it's not serving at its optimum level, mm. right? Mm. To give me what I need, but no, I I don't want to part with that. Mm-hmm. you know, and move on to what's better, yes, next. you know? So I feel like you're highlighting a space in our journey as believers that illustrates our weakness, right? Mm-hmm. But in the same context, scripture also tells us that God is our, his strength is made perfect in, in this space. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, I think these moments often show And I guess I can just only speak for myself. When I had a moment like this, it showed for me, yes, I love God. Yes, I believe God, but I can't touch God. I can't. He's not physically sitting here with me. But this thing that I don't want to let go, I see it. I smell it. it, Mm. Like all of those things, like right in front of me. It did (laughs) smell smell good. good. So you have it right there. But God is like, boo, do you not know that I have a man that is waiting for you that is going to exceed? That is, so what's big about that, if you read further in the scripture, it says, he, t- he tells uh, the prophet, fill your horn with oil and go, for I have designated, one scripture said, one version said, he said, I have chosen a new king for myself and for y'all, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think what it is is, do we want God's choice for us? Because I know, I think I have some bad... I, I, I think we say we want it. We say we want But God's when it choice. comes, do we really want Let it? Let God choose. Let him choose. Mm-hmm. Let him choose for do you. Do we trust Because if you read further, he says, when you get to the house of Jesse, Jesse's going to have all these sons, Right? And he says, don't look at the stature. Don't look at how he looks. He said, man looks at the outward appearance. He said, but I am looking at the heart. 
And for me, it just got to look good. (laughs) But here's the thing. I I believe that the Lord will make sure that those things align. Yes, because it got to look like something. (laughs) Right. I got to be, I mean, in relationships, right? Um, We see with our eyes, we got an eye gate. We have senses that God has given us. And I'm like, God, I know I want him to help. So, so we see if you if you start reading about David, David had a heart after after God, and so any relationship I would hope for a believer, a believing woman, or man is that they would want their heart to be for God, right? You want that, um, and so I think God was on point with saying that as well. I don't think that God was saying. I think in the context He was saying um, even the prophet could miss it, mm-hmm. which tells us. We can miss it. Mm-hmm. It looked good, but uh, all that glitters ain't gold, or mm-hmm. is that the saying? So it looks good. I think what's most important is is that does this person have a heart for God? And and so when we have an issue, here we go. We have a challenge when 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 we're having problems in our relationship because this man of God or this woman of God has a heart for God. He gonna take it to the Lord in prayer. Right. Well, I think another piece that you mentioned mm-hmm. in about the heart and all of that, the how do you know the voice of God? Like, how mm-hmm. do you know, how do you discern in that moment? Because sometimes we could, like you said, we could miss it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not connected, mm-hmm. so how do you make sure that you stay connected to the vine? So when he does speak, when he does move, mm-hmm. you know that it's him because, you know, the enemy is tricky. Mm-hmm. He's tricky. I think it's I think it's acknowledging him. And it's always keeping God at the center mm-hmm. of your move. Mm-hmm. Right. So it says in all thy ways, mm-hmm. acknowledge him, mm-hmm. right? So the good, the bad, everything. And I think we don't do a great job at putting God in the center of everything right. we do, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, because he's directing you. Your steps are ordered, right? Mm-hmm. So he's directing you. He's re- But I think what it comes in is, do we trust him? Mm-hmm. Is he Lord of our lives to where we trust him to make the decision for us? Mm-hmm. Be- do we trust that he... That he's going to look good. Do we trust that he's going to smell good? Do we trust God is going to make the wide, the great choice for Well, us? you can't. I want to just kind of speak to the whole connection piece to God mm-hmm. and know mm-hmm. what God is saying. Mm-hmm. And any connection, even in the natural, is through communication, mm-hmm. right? And so communication for us as the believer is operating and functioning in the discipline of prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God for God. And so when we see the disciples, um, and we got to know this, I think um, with all that's happening in the world, a lot of what we do, we try to lead on our own. But prayer is the vehicle by way, by which we could tap into a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. We see in Matthew, the disciples, even the disciples walking with Jesus for all that time, it's like, teach us how to pray. It's like, teach us how to pray, which tells me you can learn how to pray mm-hmm. and we can know a thing and not know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which kind of leads me to pulling all of what we said together is that 
um, the biblical worldview or the biblical foundation of a believer is having Jesus at the center. And the having Jesus at the center comes from a place of having a connection with God through prayer. And I think the call to action with all this, whether you're struggling in a relationship, uh, a relationship that you are designed for marriage or in a working relationships, whatever the relationships are, like prayer has to be the supernatural vehicle that you use. And I think the call to action, um, the whole premise of the, the founder of this organization, right? The prayer Institute is using prayer to accomplish God's will in the earth. Hmm. And so my call to action for those that are listening, uh, I know we said a lot, we, we, we had fun and we talked about relevant topic is getting the book, praying to change your life. Right. Because that book's very premise is premise is to teach people not just to pray, but to pray what we call productive prayers. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about prayers that get results, yield results. So when the disciples came to Jesus, they just didn't want to learn how to pray so that they could just pray and sound good. But that, that which they were praying for, that that was happening in, in heaven can be manifested on earth, mm -hmm. right? The things that you have in your head and your heart, that you would have it in your hand. And so that's that's pretty much what today's about, praying productive prayers that will change your life, right? Yeah. I, I think that's the premise. No, that's good. And I feel like the beauty in understanding the simplicity of creating a space right. where you can talk to God, eventually that evolves into it may just start out as a conversation that turns into, man, I need a prayer room that turns into, man, I need to join, join the prayer team, you know, like whatever that turns into for you, but it has to start somewhere mm -hmm. and it has to be an intricate part of our daily lives. If we say that Jesus is in our hearts, mm -hmm. if we say that that is the case, just like, I spend time with my husband. We spend time with our friends. I spend time with Mahogany. He wants that from us mm -hmm. and he deserves it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, so I feel like the many conversations I've had with you, Nikki, mm -hmm. they have often resulted in, you got to pray about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You give me your feedback. You give me scripture. But you got to pray for that because a lot of times we have to hear from God ourselves right? because that's how we grow in our relationship with him. So no matter what the issue is, no matter what the cause is, no matter what season of life you're in, God is omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Like he's omnipotent. He's there. He's in it. He knew he went before you. He just waiting on us mm -hmm. to come to him. What right. I like about what you said is. You, there's conversation that you have with her. There's conversation you have with your husband. And all of those things are intentional, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be intentional. If we want change in our lives, we have to be intentional about spending that quality time with God. Right. And, and oftentimes that's a sacrifice, right? Because he's not here. He's not present mm -hmm. with you. You know, he's not tangible, mm -hmm. right? So there, there has to be a sacrifice of time whether it's early in the day or late in the evening or during your lunch break, you have to be intentional about having that time with God. Mm -hmm. You know, early will I seek thee, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, that. It's like for me, I have begun since we've, 
had this conversation and it's like, okay, Joseph, this is challenging even for Joseph because it's like, okay, you need to step up in your game in prayer. You about to talk yes. about prayer, but okay. you know where you at mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, well, you, you're right, God. So it's like, I need to, so now I have to wake up in the morning and say, before I get on the email, before I get on the, uh, I put on some gospel music. Let me pray. Let me, let me kind of center myself mm -hmm. and, and see what God wants before I just dive into the day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think the word for me out of all of this, Joseph, if you want change in your life, you have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be intentional. I think that's it. key what you said. If you want change mm -hmm. in your life, right? We are trying to get in a space where we are being transformed by God's word. Mm -hmm. God's word is his will, right? And, and that's what, through prayer, it's us taking that which we've heard. God has already spoken over your life, things he's already spoken over your life, right? To bring it into manifestation in mm -hmm. our lives. God mm -hmm. has already predestined <laughs> his plan. Jeremiah tells us that he already has the plan. But he is waiting for us as a believer to come in connection. So I kind of want to throw that plug out there. If you don't know about the Prayer Institute, you need to get over to prayerinstitute.com and go into our shop and get the book, Praying to Change Your Life. I think this is where you start. It is going to teach you about what is prayer, the power of prayer, um, the model prayer that Jesus talks about um, in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke. We want to we teach you how to pray, right? And we want to pray for you. That's our mission to teach people how to pray, uh, to pray and teach people how to pray. And so we're hoping that something that we said today, uh, touch your hearts. I hope I'm hoping that your first point of action is to really think about elevating your prayer life so you can see the change in the world um, that you desire in your heart. And so I think we've come to the end of our show. Yes. How do you think we did for our first this show? Was good. I think it was good. I think it was I good. Really I enjoyed I talking to y'all. I enjoyed it too. So listen, hey, so if you got a hold of this podcast, we ask that you share. Share it out to as many people. Get them to download. We're all on all the platforms. Um, we're going to be doing more of these. And we want you to just be a part. So we want you to subscribe. Yes. To what we yeah. are doing yes. in yes. the earth. Yes. We're going to bring you some hot topics. Yes. But guess yes. what? You're going to get some God with it, too. Yes. So thank you so much. We're signing off of the Prayer Works Podcast. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Prayer Works Podcast. For more information or to purchase the book, Praying to Change Your Life by Suzette Caldwell, please visit our website at prayerinstitute.com and follow us on social media at Praying to Change. Until next time, remember, prayer works.